for tuning in to the Revival Tabernacle Podcast. Wherever you may be listening from, we hope that this message encourages you in the unwavering, unconditional love of Jesus Christ. Join us as we reach sinners, raise believers, and release leaders. Please enjoy the message from the RT Pulpit. Come on, if you know our God is able, come on and put those hands together. Come on, put those hands together one more time for Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. It is so good, so good, so good to be back in the house of God and in this pulpit. You know, Pastor Eli, I think you're right. I think it has been three weeks since since I've... uh, I forgot that last Sunday in March, I was sick. And then we kicked off this new series uh, called Reach. How many people are yet reaching this month? Amen. We are reaching those that are far from God and uh, believing that God, believing and praying that God will draw them closer to him. And if you're in this house today and you can honestly say that you do not know the Lord, uh, in a personal relationship, we're going to give you an opportunity to seal the deal. Amen? Amen. Amen. I'm excited about what God is doing. So good to see so many of you in this place today. Um, I, am, I am just so happy, so happy. My mother is here looking just as beautiful as always. And I love you, Mama. My wife is next door, who is absolutely fine. Just, I'm just a blessed man today. Um, thank you to the worship team, all of our musicians. I just kind of want to just, amen, amen, let's give it up for them. I, I, I just want to just kind of just take my time today, if that's all right. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do my level best. I'm going to do my level best. It's, it's always nerve-wracking on Easter Sunday because this is it. <laughs> this is the biggest. I mean, in, in corporate America, we have different benchmarks. We have different seasons where it's like our busiest season of the year. This is the day. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me in this place. This is the day that makes all the difference in the world in Christendom. Um, You know, this is the day that differentiates our faith from any other religion in the world. It is the fact, not that he died. Because a whole lot of other gods died. But it's the fact that he got up. Oh, I wish I had about 15 more people that was just a little bit more excited than what you're showing me right now. The fact that he got up from the grave lets us know that no matter what may be trying to hold us down, we have that same power 
Y'all ain't saying nothing. We have that same power living on the inside of us, and nothing can hold us down, but we can get up too. So let me, can, let's just test it real quick. Can we just get up one time as just a sign that God, since God, since Jesus got up from the grave, we can get up from whatever it is that may be facing us? How can you say that, Pastor Devin? Because greater is he that lives on the inside of me than he that's in the world. And so we declare that Jesus is alive in this place today. Hallelujah. 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 So we celebrate the fact that this is the day that the Lord has made. And I'm going to make a choice to rejoice. Anybody in this place going to just make up in your mind and say, I'm not going to be sad. I'm not going to be upset. I'm not going to be angry. But I'm making a choice to rejoice today. Is there anybody in here that the Lord has made you glad? Come on and shout hallelujah if you're going to make a choice to rejoice today. Hallelujah. You may be seated. You may be seated. Old song says, I got my mind made up. That's all you got to do is just, is just make up your mind that you're not going to let nothing keep you down. You make up your mind that you're not going to let nothing keep you back, but that you're going to charge and go forward. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that if any man or woman be in Christ, he and she is a new creature. Old things have passed away, and guess what? Behold, all things have become new. He came to make all things new today. And I'm excited because I've been made new. I'm excited because my daddy is being made new. I'm excited because those that were sick can now receive healing and be made new and have new life in Jesus. Uh, all right, Dan, you, you with me, bro? You gonna roll with your boy? All right, thank you, I appreciate you. Uh, it, it's Resurrection Sun and I feel all right. I feel all right. Uh, I woke up this morning, Ron, um, and I woke up at 5.30 for the man up call, got downstairs to read and to, well, to dial, in, dial into the line and to read at my kitchen table as I always do every morning at 5.30 when it's time for the man up call. But I was greeted uh, with something a little different this morning. Um, go to that next slide that shows what greeted me on my table. No, it's not cute, uh, because I'm wondering what in the world has happened to my kitchen table. This is like junior Christmas. I don't understand. Like, we used to just say Jesus is the reason for the season at Christmas time, but I think we need to say it in, in, in the month of April or whenever Easter comes around, because there's been so much commercialism that has happened to the day that Jesus got up from the grave. So I just thought that I, it got me to thinking that we need to start uh, listing out the difference on why Jesus is uh, uh, better than the Easter Bunny. Let's go to the next slide, Daniel. This is the reason why Jesus is better than the Easter Bunny. Let me tell you something. Number one, Jesus doesn't discriminate against children with diabetes. Let me give you point number two, why Jesus is better than Jesus' ministry lasted three years. That's just about how long them Tootsie Rolls last inside your body that the Easter Bunny gives you. 
Number three, Jesus and the Easter Bunny both have many children, but for entirely different reasons. Anybody know what I'm talking about? People, number four, people know Jesus on a first-name basis. I'm so glad that he's my friend. How about you? Number five, Jesus can walk on water. The Easter Bunny just sinks. Number six, inside every Easter Bunny is just a sweaty guy named Gary smoking a cigarette behind some building. Number seven, Jesus has a beard, and beards are in, so we will Jesus today. And number eight, Jesus makes our heart bigger while the Easter Bunny makes our belly bigger. This is all eight, just eight reasons why Jesus is better than the Easter Bunny. How many people are glad you were Jesus today? When you look all around us, even in Hollywood, even in Hollywood, the story of Jesus is littered throughout Hollywood's film industry. I mean, the story of Jesus is literally everywhere. When Hollywood wants to make an emotional impact on, on an audience, all they have to do is retell the story of Jesus' sacrifice. What are you talking about, Pastor Devin? All right, I'll tell you. In the final Harry Potter movie, spoiler alert if you haven't seen it, I'm getting ready to tell you what it is. Harry must die in order to finally defeat the ultimate evil. After his sacrifice, however, he is miraculously raised from the dead to stand triumphant over evil and the death. Sound familiar? Okay, let me come make it a little more personal. Look at the character Superman. Superman comes to earth from another worldly place, grows up among not normal people, but still possesses supernatural powers. And when he is an adult, he is willing to sacrifice his life to save the entire world. Sound familiar? Mm. In the movie, The Lord of the Rings, Frodo takes on the weight of evil in the form of the one ring of power, giving up his life to destroy it so good can triumph over evil. Sound familiar? Let me tell you something. Everyone recognizes the story of Jesus' sacrifice as one of the most compelling and beautiful stories to tell. The heartbreaking part about this is that most of the world think it's only fiction. When we know that the reality is that someone actually died and did this for us. I want to take you to a scripture. Scripture that probably has been highlighted over the last two weeks and is going to be highlighted for the third week. Because the Minister Carlos taught... He brought up John 3.16. Pastor Eli preached last week. He started on John 3.16. I said, well, God, is there anything left for me to talk about? Let's take another look at John 3.16. It's probably next to Psalms 23, or in terms of maybe single verse, probably the most widely known single verse in the entire Bible. People hold it up at football games. John 3.16. People 
quote it without even knowing what it really means. But today we're going to get a great understanding about what John 3.16 really means. If you have your Bible, shout amen. If you're there, say amen. If you need some time, just say wait on me. I'll, I'll wait on you. All right, I got you, Tim. If you don't have a Bible, you can look up on the screen and, 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 and we can read together there. But listen to what it says. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, look at somebody and say, I'm a whosoever, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I think it will be helpful for us to really break this down and take another look at this passage of Scripture because, you see, sometimes things can get lost when something becomes too common. I said something right there. So what we're going to do is just take our time and just look at some things and take another look at this common passage of Scripture that maybe will give us another deeper perspective as it relates to this day. Amen. I'm going to just take it segment by segment. First segment is this. For God so loved. Stop right there. For God so loved. I think a better, I think to better appreciate the impact of this statement, we really need to know and understand who is God and why does his love matter? I think we really need to look at who is God and why does his love matter? Uh, God is the creator of the universe. Can I just talk to you for a moment? He is the one who can help you with anything. Jeremiah 32 and 7, O sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power. There is nothing too hard for you. God, the one who has power to create anything from nothing. I'm talking about God, the one who has power to deliver. God, the one who, 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 who is with creative power, is beyond our comprehension. God, the one who speaks and things begin to happen. God, the one whose resurrection power is immeasurably great. God, the one who creation reflects his power. God, the one whose powerful word sustains everything that he brought forth by his word. God, the one who has power over death. God, the one who can challenge what he, that, that no one can challenge what he does. God, the one who reveals himself as the almighty one. God, the one who unconditionally committed to my well-being. God, the one who loves his people even when they are faithless. I'm talking about God, the one who is world enough to send his son to die into the world. So when we say, for God so loved, it's not just about being loved, people. It's, it's more about who's loving you. Y'all going to make me lose my mind up in here today. It's more important the fact of who's loving you. See, here's why his love matters. Because some people, watch this, some people will love you when? 
other people, watch this, don't miss this, other people will love you if. Don't look to your right or to your left. Don't. Just keep your eyes straight on me. Just keep looking this way. Some people will love you, but while other people, watch this, will love you only. Lord, help me in this place. But God loves you so. Lord, I feel like preaching in this place today. God loves you so. He loves you so you can be free. He loves you so you can live for him. He loves you so you can love your neighbor. He loves you so you can love your children. He loves you so you can be a lot on your job. He loves you so you can love your spouse. He loves you so you can live victoriously in him. Look at somebody and say, God loves you so. <laughs> but he not only wants this, he not only loves you so. <laughs> he not only loves you so, Anthony, but, 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 but he also so loves you. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. He not only loves you so, but he so loves you. What is a soul love? God doesn't care what you've done in your past, and God doesn't care what you may be doing in your present. His reply is always so. Oh, God, I, God, 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 I had a baby out of wedlock, so. God, I use drugs, so. God, I got a divorce, so what? God, I have lust issue, I struggle, so. God, I've cheated, I steal, so. God, I've hurt people, so. God, I'm an alcoholic or I'm a drug abuser, so. God, I've used women or used men, so. God, I've been involved in same-sex relationships, so. God so loved the world. God, God so loved the world. And if God, watch this, if God so loved the world, then you don't have to worry about who don't love you. All you have to do is believe on him and receive everlasting life. Is there anybody in here that's glad they got everlasting life today? Is there anybody in here that's glad that you believed on him as the scriptures have said? Hallelujah. Because let me remind you of something. Let me remind you of something. When Jesus hung on the cross, when he bled and died on an old rugged tree, all sin was nailed to the cross. <laughs> Let me say that again. All sin was nailed to the cross. So it doesn't matter what you did. Look at somebody and said, he, loved, he so loved me. And he loved me so. You may not agree with how I got here, but he still loved me. You may not agree with what I did before I got here, but God still loved me. 
You may not agree with some things that I did since I've been here, but God still loved me. God still loves you, and he so loved you, and he loves you so. For God so loved. Let me give my next point. Oh, he already went there on me. Let me give you point number two. For God so loved, watch this, the world. The world. Now, it would have been enough for him to love the world as in the planet. After all, this is his creation. I mean, and he was proud of his creation. So much so to where in the midst of each day and every facet of creation, every phase and every layer of this molecular structure, he paused to bless it by calling it good. I need y'all to see what I'm saying here. He paused and said, it was good. But we're talking about something bigger than this cosmos blue looking marble that was created over 4.54 billion years ago. We're talking about something bigger than this element contained within this galaxy that reacts and interacts with the sun and the moon. I'm talking about something greater than the biosphere and minerals that it produces for our survival. We're not talking about Earth, AKA the globe, AKA the world, but more specifically, we're talking about the 7.4 billion humans that live on planet Earth. The world. It's not just about the cosmos world, but it's more about the inhabitants of the world. Ah, I feel like preaching here today. For God so loved the world. Psalms 24 and 1 says it like this. He says, a psalm of David, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world, watch this, and they that dwell therein. Just like, just like he paused to bless it by calling it good. Ah. Uh, as he was creating the earth, after he created man, watch this, don't miss this. He didn't just bless it and say it was good, but rather he said it was very good. Uh, uh, you see, it doesn't matter what people think about you. It doesn't even matter what you think about yourself. What matters the most is how God sees you. And I can tell you that he thought enough of you to send his son to 
die for you and for me just so that we could experience life and life more abundantly. Because Jesus said that I am come that you may have life and life more abundantly. Let me break it down a little bit further. He says, I am come that you may have life and, be, and to have the ability to live it to the full. God wants you to live life to the full. I said, God wants you to live life to the full. He doesn't want you just to live and get by. He, he desires that you live to the full. In other words, he, he, he fills your cup. But he doesn't just fill it, but he causes that cup to run us over. He wants you to live to the full. Is there anybody here on this side that's ready to step into the fullness of life? Let me talk to this side over here. Is there anybody over here that won't mind stepping into the fullness of life? I'm talking about full of joy, full of peace, full of happiness, full of love, full of prayer, full of fasting, full of his word. Don't just think about full as in material things. Think about full as in the spiritual things. Because if you seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, guess what? Everything else. Y'all sit down. We try. We try to read to the girls every night. For those of you who don't know, I have two daughters. My six-year-old, Kayla Ann Nicole, and my 22-month-old, Reagan Noel. Uh, we try to read to them every night. And uh, Courtney's a lot more consistent at it than I am. I can't front. But, uh, cause moms just rock like that. Uh, but one of the books that I like reading to Kaylin is one of Dr. Seuss' originals. Dr. Seuss's originals, uh, called Horton, Here's a Who. Let me tell you why I like this book. Because see, this book, Horton, Here's a Who, tells a story about Horton, the elephant, who, while splashing in this pool, hears a small speck of dust talk to him. Uh, Horton surmises that a small person is living on the speck and places it on a clover, vowing to protect it. He later discovers that the speck is actually a tiny planet. And it serves as a home to a community called Whoville. Where all these microscopic creatures called Who's live there. 
the mayor of Whoville asked Horton something very specific. He says, Horton, I would that you would protect us from harm. And Horton happily agrees to. And he pro begins to proclaim it throughout the book. And Horton says something very specific repeatedly throughout the entire book. My favorite line, he says, a person's a person no matter how small. And see, if you live like the world really matters, my brothers and sisters, then it should change your perspective on everything and everybody. Because a person's a person, no matter how small. We make life too much about ourselves when we should be making life more about others because a person's a person, no matter how small. And see, this is why I'm thankful today because my God loved this whole world. And it doesn't matter what people say about you or how small uh, you might think about yourself. God is a person, God says a person is a person no matter how small. I told so much so that I'm giving my son Jesus for everybody. And whosoever believes on him shall not perish. Look at somebody and say, I'm a whosoever. Oh, come on, look, look at somebody else and say, I'm a whosoever. You might have to look across the building and find somebody, make eye contact and say, we here, but I'm a whosoever. Come on and give God some praise in this place. Still talking about the world. Because you see, it's more important, it's not as important about the environment in as much as who you share that environment with. You see, you can love an environment and still not enjoy it. Because see, there's a whole lot of people who have a whole lot of big houses that they've built and they love their house, but they'd much rather have someone to share it with. God, yes, I believe he loves his creation, but he loves you so much more than this earth or world that he created. Because see, you in it makes all the difference in the world. What are you talking about? Romans 8 and 37 says, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of Christ Jesus our Lord. Paul picks up in Ephesians 2, 4 and 5 
35 when he says, but God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he has loved us, even when we were dead in our sins, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. Then he goes back to Romans 5 and 8 and says, but God shows his love for us in that while we were yet in our sins, Christ died for us. Is there anybody in this place that's happy that Christ died for the world? I got to get out of here. For God so loved. For God so loved the world. Can, can I give you my next point? He gave his only begotten son. <laughs> if I were to say the name Glenn Duhigg, you probably would have no clue as to who I'm talking about. But Glenn has what seemingly is an incredible job. I mean, Glenn Duhigg was the stand-in for actor Tom Cruise on the movie Mission Impossible 2. I mean, that seems like the gig to have. I mean, I hand out my business card. Yeah, Glenn Duhigg. Tom Cruise's stand-in. I mean, he has to look like Tom, be built like Tom, and several years ago, Tom Cruise was named one of the most attractive or sexiest men alive. I mean, imagine what this guy gets when, when Tom is tied up. I mean, think about the benefits that Glenn gets just because he's Tom Cruise's stand-in. Do you know what I would be like if I was Denzel's stand Because I can't be Tom's. I just... Natural physics just didn't allow that to happen for me. But, but can you imagine, I mean, if I was Denzel standing, I mean. I mean, I'm telling you, I, I mean, I would just, I would just stand on the corner and just let people just come to me, just. Or, 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 or even more chestnut. So you see, I just see some of y'all right, right up in this section. Y'all need to come to the altar as soon. But look what Glenn, listen to what Glenn Duhigg had to say. He says, it sounds very glamorous saying that you're the stand-in for Tom Cruise. But I don't think many people realize the long hours and constant demands that deflate your ego very quickly. He said the days are long and whatever scene Tom was in, I would be the one standing there. Being him sometimes for ages as the crew set up the shot, getting the lighting just right, 
and the props just so. I'd be standing there for hours out in the weather, getting drenched in the rain, or even suffering from sunstroke out in the heat. And then Tom would just simply walk on the set from his air-conditioned caravan or out of his beautiful sports car once the scene was ready. I realized very quickly the difference between being a star and being, the, being a stand-in. What are you saying, preacher? My brothers and sisters, when God gave his only begotten son, Jesus Christ was our stand-in. Uh, he bearing the brunt of our sins so we could receive forgiveness. It should have been our body that was beaten, but he stood in our place. It should have been our side that was pierced where blood came streaming down, but he stood in our place. It should have been our back that was whipped with many stripes, but he stood in our place. It should have been our head that without a cord that a crown of thorns was pressed down firmly on, but he stood in our place. It should have been my beard that was plucked out and poured out, but he stood in my place. I'm thankful to God today that God loved the world that he gave his only begotten son and that the son became my stand-in and you should be happy too that the son became your stand-in. Do I have anybody in this place that's excited about Jesus in this house today? And all you got to do, and all you got to do is just show up. Y'all ain't saying, I'm going to talk to this side. I said, all you got to do is just show up. You show up, and you let your light so shine. Let me get to my next point, because I'm almost done. For God so loved. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. And I believe that Holy Spirit is dealing with some of you in here. And in just a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity to accept him into your heart as your Lord and Savior because he did something for you that you couldn't even do for yourself. He did something for us that we could not even do for ourselves. So if the Holy Spirit is working on you, let him work. Let him work, 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 work. Let him work today. For God so loved the world, brought to him that he gave his only begotten son. Let me end it with this here. Whosoever believes on him should not perish. Let me see if I can make this thing real plain. We won't perish, watch this, because of Christ's imputed righteousness. That imputed is a big word. I had to look it up myself. (laughs) 
And this is what I found out. To impute means to ascribe to someone by virtue of a similar quality into another. See if I can say that one more time. To impute means to ascribe righteousness, even guilt, to someone by virtue of a similar quality in another. Our sin was imputed upon Christ, and in exchange, Christ's righteousness has been imputed to us. I I really need y'all to see this today. Our sin. Uh, it's like it's like anybody ever don't make me feel like I'm by myself. It, anybody ever had your account in the negative? Y'all don't have to raise your hand. You don't have to raise your hand. You don't have to raise your hand. You, you don't have to raise your hand. You, you, you don't, you, you really, you really, no, that's not important. I, I, I've had my bank account in the negative. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 uh, <laughs> let me tell y'all something. Let me tell y'all something. If y'all don't have a Tim in your life, you are living beneath your privileges. Tim is my man, and he always, if ain't nobody going to talk back to me, Tim's going to talk to me. I've had my account in the negative, Minister Carlos. And let me tell you something. It felt good when, when someone gave me a blessing and said, I want to just bless you with this. I was able to transfer something from their account into my account. To where I was once in the red, but because they imputed some green cash my way, they accredited my account. Y'all ain't hearing me today. And I now was no longer in the red, but I was in the black because I was brought out of the negative and into the positive. Let me see if I can, let me see if I can make it a little more plain for some of y'all, because y'all, so some of y'all, some of y'all with me, but some of y'all still, still tripping, like it's Friday. It's, it's not Friday. It's not Friday no more. It's not Friday. It's three days later, Sister Lisa. It's three days later. It's. It's a whole 72 hours from what you went through on Friday, but today is a new day. Look at somebody and say, three days, three days, three days. Let me see if I can, let me see if I can just help somebody. I promise I'm done. We're going to go home and we're going to eat some ham. Uh, if if you were to pay off, if you were to pay off a large debt that you accumulated from some credit cards, it won't necessarily erase all your problems. 
<laughs> I know we'd like to think that it would, but just because you paid the debt doesn't necessarily erase all your problems. Yes, your debt is paid, but getting another loan for a new car or a new house might become incredibly difficult. All because of a thing called your credit score. Y'all right, not gonna talk to me on, on this side. I'm gonna talk to this side. Bro Cole, you got me? He got me, all right, all right. The debt is gone. But banks won't trust you because of your credit score. And most banks, they have a tendency to look at the score in the middle. And let me go ahead and break this thing on home for you. Uh, Jesus' sacrifice on the cross didn't just pay your debt. But we now have imputed righteousness. Meaning, when we come to Jesus, he replaces, he not only wipes out our debt, but he replaces my bad credit score with his perfect credit score. In other words, before Jesus, I had a 300. After Jesus, I had an 850. In other words, he who hung on a cross in between two thieves, I said he was in the middle between two thieves. He was able to take my filthy rags and replace it with his righteousness. And now I can ask whatever in his name and he will give it to me. Why? Because I belong to him and he belongs to me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever leaves in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Come on and give God some praise. Come on and give it to him. Come on and give it to him. Everyone stand to your feet. Everybody stand to your feet. Come on, he's worthy of the praise. I said he's worthy of the praise. He's worthy of the praise. Because God... God so loved the world. That he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believes on him 
shall not. Shall not. Shall not perish. But have everlasting life. See, most of us, most of us believe that when we got saved, we got saved from hell. But I want to submit to you today that you didn't just get saved from hell. You got saved from experiencing God's wrath. God loved us so much because, see, God is not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. And he already spoke back in the beginning when he destroyed the earth with water. He says, I'm not going to do this no more. I give you my word. But next time, it's going to be fire and brimstone. That's the wrath of God. So you didn't just get saved from hell, but more importantly, you got saved from encountering and experiencing the wrath of God. God loved you so much. Watch this. Don't miss this. He loved you so much that he put himself in the middle. In the middle of what? In between him or his wrath and us. He inserted himself in the person of his son, Jesus. And if I was preaching like old school today, I'd tell you that they put my rock inside a rock, covered him up with a rock, but my rock couldn't stay inside a rock. Three days later, that rock that covered up the rock that had my rock in it rolled away. The first version of rock and roll. And my rock came out of the rock. And he stood there on top of the rock with all power in his hands. That's if I was preaching old school. But I ain't preaching old school today. Watch it. Watch your tone now. Don't. We preaching Jesus. And the fact that he loves you so much that he didn't want to see you perish. So what did he do? He took away our old filthy garments. And he gave us a robe pure and white. But all you have to do is receive his love today. Our community at Revival Tabernacle aims to reach our city and beyond with the life-changing message of Jesus. Thank you for your support. If you want to further connect with us, you can find us online at 
www.revivaltab.org.